Welcome to Central Assembly's podcast. Here is a message from our lead pastor, Kurt Jenkins. We pray this message speaks to you. So we're in week six of our Holy Spirit series. Week one, we talked about the Holy Spirit being fully divine. Week two, we talked about how the Holy Spirit is the breath of God, both at creation Uh, at the giving of life of Adam, and then as Jesus breathed on the disciples. Week three, we talked about being born again and having the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. Week four, we talked about knowing the Holy Spirit in a personal way, not just with head knowledge, but through personal experience. Last week, Pastor Jim Levkowitz preached on hearing the voice of God. And then this week, I want to talk to you about being led by the Holy Spirit. Not just hearing the Holy Spirit's voice, as Jim talked about last week, but tagging along with his message, actually, as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, speaks through us, how can we be led by the Holy Spirit? We've talked about this a lot uh, through when we were launching our values of how we want to be Spirit-filled believers. Amen? We want to be walking in the power of God. We want to do what Jesus told the disciples to do. And he said, go and preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, right? Freely we've received, freely give. So we want to be able to operate in all those things in the area of power. But what I've noticed is if you are on the other side of the spectrum here and you're having a difficult time just making decisions in life, right? Like where am I supposed to work? Who am I supposed to marry? Where should we go for ice cream after church? I mean, whatever decisions you have to make in life, what we want to be able to do is be confident in these decisions before we're we're seeking power and manifestation gifts. Does this make sense? We want to be able to be concerned with being led by the Spirit even before we talk about being filled with the Spirit. I know as a Pentecostal church, we could talk about filled with the Spirit, baptism of the Spirit, power, demonstration, all these things. Yes, but we want you to be confident believers. We want you to be walking forth in confidence that you're fulfilling God's will for your life, that you're making decisions that, should I go and help Brian plant a church? Should I change my career? Should I go on a mission trip? Should I marry this person or not? I mean, there are big decisions, but there are also daily decisions that the Holy Spirit wants to lead you in that we want to be a people of God that is sensitive enough to his voice that we're walking in confidence. Does this make sense? So I feel like we want to get the basics right uh, before we even talk about being filled with his spirit for the purpose of power. In Romans chapter 8, There's a verse in verse 14, it says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So how do we define, how do we look at who the children of God are? They are the people who are led by His Spirit. This is not like I was led to the altar for 30 seconds because I raised my hand in a service and I was led up here and then they led me in a prayer and then I was led out and then I'm at home and now I'm just doing my own thing. This is a constant, ongoing, daily lifestyle of being led by his spirit. And then he goes on to teach these, and we've mentioned this earlier in this series. The spirit you received, he doesn't make you slaves anymore. He says, so you don't live in fear again. We're not slaves to sin. We're not slaves to the law. We no longer live in fear. It says, rather, the spirit brought you into your adoption to sonship. 
So that the Holy Spirit, when you gave your life to Jesus, he is who brought you into adoption, into the kingdom of God. And we talked about even that, the adoption in the natural, how you get a new birth certificate. It's as if you were born of those parents. It's the same way in the kingdom, right? We were born into this world. We were born uh, into sin by the ways of Adam. But when we're born again, we receive that spirit who brings us into adoption that we would become children of God. It says we cry out uh, by him. We cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies. Some translations say bears witness. So the Spirit, is that a capital S or lowercase s? You guys are quiet today. (laughs) Say capital S. So that means it's the Holy Spirit. He testifies with our spirit. Is that second S, capital or lowercase? Lowercase, it's talking about our human spirit. So the Holy Spirit testifies or bears witness, not one time, but ongoing, daily, all the time, bearing witness, testifying that we are children of God. So because of that, God wants us. It's designed, it's his absolute will. You would say, well, what's the will of God for my life? To be led by the Spirit. We try, what's God's will for my life? The first thing people think about, because I thought about this in high school and college, what's my career? Who am I going to marry? Am I ever going to make it to professional sports, right? Like all those, you know, important things in life. You think about what's, what's God's will, and we think about things. And yet, we don't see that in Scripture. We, see, we do see God calling men and calling women to greater purposes, but it's not like, well, Moses had like one job and it was this. No, Moses was called to be led by God. Paul was called to be led by the Spirit. And through that, he went on multiple mission trips and accomplished much for his kingdom. And you can do that in the medical field. You could do that in the business field. You could do it in construction. You could do it as a stay-at-home mom. Right? We say, well, what's his calling? What am I supposed to be when I grow up? Or what am I supposed to do when I grow up? No, it's, what are you supposed to be? I'm supposed to be a child of God being led by the Spirit every day of my life. If we're sensitive enough to be led by his Spirit, you will absolutely accomplish God's will for your life. So instead of thinking about things, what am I supposed to be doing? Start, start, start sensitizing your spirit to being led by his Spirit, and you'll accomplish what he wants you to do. And we talked about John 14. We talked about John 16 a lot already. And I want to camp out on this one verse for a little bit more. In John 14, uh, verse 15, it says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. So if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. He's talking about the Holy Spirit here. This first phrase here where it says, if you love me. Listen, it's like saying those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. He's saying, if you love me, right? If if you're following me, if you already know that I am the Messiah, he was still on earth so that people weren't like getting born again yet. Does this make sense? He didn't ascend yet. People weren't uh, surrendering their lives per se to them as we would do here uh, now that he's ascended. But he's saying, listen, I've already I'm already noticing that my old ways, doing life on my own isn't going to work. So because of that, I love myself a lot less now, my old ways of life, and I love him. And now that I love him, I can love the new me, 
the born again me, the me that has the spirit of God inside of me. That's why he says, listen, you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. So if you have Christians walking around that hate themselves, right, don't like themselves, that are constantly riddled with guilt and condemnation and fear, that's what's going to project on everybody else. So he's setting the standard here. He says, if you love me, right? So realizing you're being adopted into God's family, Jesus is your Lord, God is your heavenly father. We already know that the spirit is doing what? The spirit is revealing what Jesus taught them, right? God's in heaven. The father's in heaven. Jesus comes to earth. Jesus spends his entire ministry giving glory to the father. Now that Jesus has ascended back to the father, the spirit's giving his entire ministry to bring attention to the son so that we find the son and come into right relationship with the father in perfect unity in this ministry. And he says here, if you love me, keep my commands. It is impossible to keep the commands that Jesus would have taught throughout his life on our own. How many of you know that? And though we're not under the law anymore, Jesus taught us the right way to live. He gave us all of the principles of the kingdom to live by, that we would be fruitful and fulfilled in our walk with Jesus. And he's saying, if you love me, keep my commands. Because when we love him and we draw close to him and we're being led by his spirit, it's a lot easier to keep his commands rather than saying, you know what, I accepted you 20 years ago and I'm still trying to do this on my own, but I'm still trying to follow some law. That's not the way that this is designed. Us following his commands and keeping his commands are supposed to come out of a love relationship, not out of a list of laws. You guys with me? So he says, how is this gonna happen? How are we going to be helped to do this, to continue to love him, to continue to be in a relationship, to continue to follow his will for our life? He says, I'm going to give you, or the Father's going to give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. forever. And now other translations don't say the word advocate there. Maybe your Bible says helper. Some of yours say comforter. Some of yours say counselor. This word advocate, it means somebody to stand by you. It's a representative from somewhere else called alongside to help. Now, when I, think, when I think about help, when you think about that word, well, he's here to help me. Sometimes we think about someone's here to help just like when you're in trouble. Like I'm in trouble right now. I'm lost. I'm down. I'm out. So now I'm going to call out. But the Holy Spirit is not just helping us out of something bad. He's helping us into what God's will is for our life. There's a complete, there's a difference there. Because if you're just looking to the Holy Spirit to be led by him, when you're in trouble, when you're down and out, when you need help, you know, when you, when you actually need that help, then you're only going to look to him during those times. But if you say, I want to be led by the Spirit each and every day, then you know, you look and you're saying, he's an advocate. He's standing beside me. He's alongside of me forever. Meaning he's going to be with us even when our body fails, when we come face to face with our Savior. He's with you forever. So if you're going to be with him forever, why not start listening to him and following him now? It'd be like a really good deal, right? Like if you knew, seriously, think about somebody that gets on your nerves right now. Call out their name. No, don't, don't call out their name. If they were going to, she does not get on my nerves. This is just an example. If you could think of somebody. Well, if I would have picked somebody else, they would have thought, wow, they get on my nerves. If you could imagine them being alongside of you, this person, okay, never going to leave you, never going to stop. You turn this way, they turn this way. You stop, they stop. You start, they start. 
If you could imagine them being with you forever, how many of you know you would figure out a way to get along? Right? Say amen. Amen. Thank you, honey. The Holy Spirit's with you forever. He's your advocate. He's representing the Father and the Son to you. It's time that we get along with him, that we're led by him, that we're not the ones saying, I'm starting and I'm stopping. We're saying, Holy Spirit, when are you starting? Oh, you're starting? Okay, I'll walk with you. Oh, you're turning to the right? Okay, I'll turn to the right. And life will be an adventure that way. Instead of trying to figure it all out yourself and then asking him if you're right. Being led by him. Now, there's a technical courtroom side of this word advocate that I learned about as I was studying this. The word advocate also means this. It's someone who acts as a spokesperson or a representative of someone else's policy, someone else's purpose, and someone else's cause, especially before a judge in the court of law. So the Bible says that Jesus, he stands in intercession between us and the Father, right? And then the Holy Spirit is actually the advocate for the Father in our life. So I want you to follow this out, how this actually works. Jesus is our representative before the Father, okay? Jesus takes us and he represents us before the Father as being spotless, right? Without shame, without sin. We still, have, we, we, like we still walk in this, right? We still mess up sometimes, but because of his blood, Jesus represents us to the Father, so a lot of times we think, well, the Holy Spirit represents us too. No, listen, the Holy Spirit, as being an advocate, lawfully speaking, he is representing Jesus to us. So as Jesus is representing us to the Father, the Holy Spirit is representing Jesus to us. So he's teaching us, reminding us, the Bible says, everything Jesus taught we have it written down. He was speaking it in words. So now all the things Jesus taught about the kingdom, the Holy Spirit is representing those teachings in our lives. So Jesus is saying, listen, this is my son. This is my daughter. Father, meet son, meet daughter. And he's representing us. And the Holy Spirit comes alongside Jesus. Now he is living through us, representing everything Jesus would want us to become in life as we're led by him. Because in verse 17, it says, what? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. So everything that Jesus is teaching is obviously, obviously truth. And he's the spirit of truth coming to teach that. Even in John 14, 26, it says the advocate. This is just a few verses down. It says the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So think about all the teachings that we have, right? And then, and then in the Bible, it talks about how the, the earth could not contain all the pages of what Jesus taught and all the miracles that he did. So think about all the things we don't have written down. So as the Holy Spirit is teaching us, we know that those are the things that Jesus wants in our life, grafted into our life until it becomes a lifestyle. Two chapters later is in, in, in John 16, 13. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. That's why we're being led by the spirit. He's our guide. How many of you know if you get ahead of a tour guide, you'll eventually get lost. It's not gonna be as fun. He will guide you into all truth. Well, I wanna know what God's will is. I wanna know what the decision is. I wanna know where I should go. I wanna know who I should be. We're asking all these questions. 
And like, we won't just stop, like, like, like Jim said last week, we won't just stop long enough to calm our spirits down, let the junk of the week subside, and then clearly start to be guided into all truth. It says here, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So as Jim talked about last week, and we talked about in several weeks before, the Holy Spirit speaks <laughs> And when he speaks, it lines up with the word of God and it lines up with the will of God for your life. So this is what we need to do. We need to learn how to be more spirit conscience people, conscious people. We're actually supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit, by our human spirit. So we have a body, a soul, and a spirit. We've talked about this already. I'm not gonna spend time unpacking that all again. But if you think about this, we do a really good job of being body conscious, right? When we're tired, we allow ourselves to be cranky. When we're hungry, we allow ourselves to be cranky. <laughs> when you're energized and you had enough sleep the, you know, the last day, now we're allowed to be in a good mood, right? If something's hurting, oh, my knee hurts today. You, know, you, you can have a completely bad day because of one joint that hurts in your body. So we're very aware of our body. We're very conscious of what is happening with our body. We're also very conscious about what's happening with our soul, right? Somebody makes us angry, then oh yeah, we have a right to be mad the rest of the day. Or somebody tells us a joke, now we can laugh and now we give ourselves permission to be in a good mood, right? So we think about what's happening in our mind and our will and our emotions, and we're led by those things. So our body, a lot of times our body, we're led by our physical body the most and our soul second. But what we should be doing is our human spirit should be leading us by being led by the Holy Spirit. So we should start thinking, what is the Holy Spirit telling our human spirit? That's how he communicates with us. The Holy Spirit bears witness with what? Our spirit. We already read the verse. The Spirit bears witness with, not our body and not our soul. The Spirit's not screaming at your body. The Holy Spirit's not screaming at your soul. The Holy Spirit is talking to your human spirit, testifying that we are his children. So the more conscious we can become of what he is saying to our spirit, we will start being led by the spirit of God. And not just what our body is feeling or what our soul is thinking. So we talked last week about how to hear the voice of the spirit. And I wanna talk about how he actually leads us. I'm going to talk about three ways. One of the ways Jim already talked about this past uh, week is this. The first way, I want to talk about just three, three, three ways that he does lead us, that God leads us by his Holy Spirit, how we can be led by his Spirit. And then an example from Acts, in the book of Acts, the early church, after Jesus already ascended, we know the Holy Spirit's in us. First way is through the inward voice of the Spirit. There are many theological terms and different opinions on what these things are called. Someone, some call them the inward witness. Uh, some call it the still small voice, as Pastor Jim mentioned last week. In Romans 8, 16, we already talked about this. The Spirit himself testifies or bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So there's an inward voice of the Spirit. So what happens here is the Spirit actually bears witness, Right? with our human spirit, that we belong to God, and therefore he wants to guide us each and every day. Now, what does a witness do? A witness testifies 
of what is true. A witness is saying, hey, I saw that, and I know that it's to be true, so now I'm going to speak it forth. So that's what the Holy Spirit does in our life. Now, this inward voice of the Spirit is the most common way that you will be led by the Spirit. If you've been waiting for like some secret spiritual trick or some mystical formula, there isn't one. There really isn't one. I used to listen for these messages. We're going to learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. And the glory cloud will descend. Well, maybe it will someday. But he wants you to just to be led every single day by a spirit. He wants you to actually be able to calm yourself long enough that you can hear just the inner whisper of God in your spirit. So it's, it's not going to be something loud and booming. It's not going to be something audible in this way. It's just an inward voice. It's a still small voice. It's an inward witness. You see in Acts chapter 16, Paul is going at it in ministry. It says, Paul and his companions, starting at verse six, they traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the providence of Asia. So the Holy Spirit, you think, wow, in the world, why did he do that? I don't know. I just know that Paul continued to preach and preach and preach. And it says that the Holy Spirit kept them from preaching in a certain region. It says, and then they came to the border of Mysia. They tried to enter Bithynia, but the, Holy, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed to Mysia and down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So it says, Paul saw the vision. He got up at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, there's no audible voice here. There's no forceful command. There was a, I am born again, so I have the spirit of God in me, so I have the green light to move. See, a lot of people live with like the red light mentality. I'm not going to do anything until I hear the big booming voice of God. And you're missing it. You're missing it. The majority of the time, just that inward voice of God, that small whisper of the Holy Spirit is what wants to lead you. So instead of saying, I have the red light until he booms me, you know, uh, booms something and I now have a green light, you live with the green light mentality. Okay, no, I'm starting to get a check in my spirit. Have you ever heard that before? I'll have a check in my spirit. I'm just feeling like we shouldn't do this. Okay, don't do that. Go to the next direction and keep going. Paul continued to press through. He was stopped by the Holy Spirit. He went to press through again and stopped by the Holy Spirit. He has a vision at night and he automatically says immediately, at once he got up and he obeyed that. Did you see he didn't go back into prayer time? He didn't take like 14 more days to fast. He was being led by the Spirit in such a constant and daily manner that he was stopped, he was stopped, he received some insight from the Lord, and he went. That's the inward voice of the Spirit. I was reading about this, uh, about a pastor who was praying about what church to go to to preach, and he was doing traveling ministry. And he says the way that the Lord has, has um, spoken to him as he, as he continued to pray about going to the church, he felt better and better about it. And he describes it as a velvety-like feeling in his spirit. Like, okay, this just feels right. It just feels right. And I believe that that's how the Holy Spirit wants to lead us the majority of the time, that inward voice, that quiet, small, still voice of the Spirit. A second way that the Spirit speaks to us, that we can be led by the Spirit, is when the voice of the Spirit actually speaks to our human spirit 
And then the inward voice of your conscience speaks. So you don't hear about that much anymore because psychology and the medical field has come out with so much content about our conscience and our brain, the way things work. The, the religious side of things has just kind of forfeited it all. But how many of you know God gave you your conscience for a reason? It's the part of you that tells you as soon as you've done something wrong, you've done something wrong. It's that part that feels excited in you when you're generous towards somebody, when you help somebody, you feel really good about it, right, on the inside. That's your conscience telling you, this is of God. Paul even says it in Romans chapter nine. He says, I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. And he even says here, my conscience confirms it. So his own personal conscience is confirming that he is speaking the truth through the Holy Spirit. So I want you to just, just test this out uh, over the upcoming weeks. Is if you're asking the Lord for something, sometimes I'll ask God, you know, just very simple questions in life. And I'll actually get the answer from God. It will sound like my own voice. Does that make sense to you? Where you're praying and like the answer comes back, not in, not in, not in your physical ears, but in your spiritual ears, actually as your voice. And you feel like you're talking back to yourself. That's not weird. That's the Holy Spirit speaking, bearing witness to your human spirit. And then your human spirit through your conscience, right? What is conscious about hap what's happening in life is actually speaking to you. So you say, well, I don't want to be led just by my conscience. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. Yet your Holy, the Holy Spirit is what is bearing witness with that. So ask the Lord. The answer I'm getting, does it line up with God's word? Does it line up with God's will? If Jesus was standing before me, would he give me that same counsel that I believe I'm supposed to be doing right now? And begin to interact with the Lord that way until you get comfortable. Martin Luther uh, said, I, uh, when, when, he was talking, when he was being challenged to recant his writings, he said, unless I am convinced by sacred scripture or by evident reason, I cannot recant for my conscience is held captive by the word of God. And to act against conscience is neither right nor safe. So think about this. You say, I just don't have a good feeling about this, or I just have a really good feeling about this. It could either be the inward voice of God. If you almost hear like your voice inside of you, it very well could be your, the inward voice of your conscience being responding to the voice of the Spirit. In Acts chapter 15, in the early church, there were Christians saying, hey, you have to be circumcised to be a believer. So there were some Paul and Barnabas got together with the apostles and the elders and they were like, listen, these, all these miracles are happening with the Gentiles. People are being born again. It's only by the grace of God. It's not because of the laws of Moses. So they came to an agreement of four uh, simple requirements. But I, I want to talk about the requirements today. I just want to read a verse here. In verse 27, they sent uh, Silas and Judas back and it says, uh, therefore we are sending Judas and Silas to confirm by the word of mouth that we are writing, well, or what we are writing. Now listen to verse 28. It says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond following these requirements, or the, the following requirements. So again, there wasn't a big booming voice. There wasn't like the, hey, God absolutely told us to write these things down. It said, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. They were being led by the Spirit to make very important decisions that shifted what the requirements were as somebody who was following Jesus at that time. Their conscience was at peace with the decision and they trusted that that was the Lord. 
So I don't want you to discount that voice that you hear as being fleshly. I want you to interact with God until you gain confidence that that is actually your conscience responding to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. The third area I want to talk about of how you can be led by the Spirit is the actual voice of the Spirit. Again, theologians call it a lot of different things. I'm just keeping it simple. We have the inward voice of the Spirit, the inward voice of your conscience, and the actual voice of the Spirit. I believe the actual voice of the Spirit is a commanding voice of God. It comes in as loud and clear. Some people would say, I've heard, I, physic- or I, yeah, I physically hear the voice of God. I've heard his voice in my physical ear. I would say that's the actual voice of the Spirit of God. A lot of people have never said that they've, they've heard that actual audible voice, but it's that strong leading that I cannot get away from this thing. I must act on it. We see this in Acts chapter 13. It says, now in the church of Antioch were the prophets and the teachers. So there's Barnabas, there's Simeon, there's Lucius, there's Manian and Saul. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, it says, the Lord said. It doesn't say the Lord impressed it upon them. It doesn't say what seemed good to us. No, it says the Lord or the Holy Spirit said. You know what that word said means? He actually spoke forth. There was something so strong, not just in Paul and Barnabas, but the entire group of people that were there somehow responded to the Holy Spirit speaking forth, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. It says, after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. There was like no second guessing here. Right? There wasn't a, well, let's pray for another week about it. No, they were in a prayer meeting. The Holy Spirit said this. This is what the will of God is for these two men's life. So they continued with their fasting and their praying. They worshiped the Lord. And immediately after that, they sent them off. I remember uh, several years back, Sharice and I were wondering, you know, if the Lord would have us here uh, full time or long term at Central or not. We were invited to uh, uh, interview at another church uh, not so far away from here. We interviewed, and I remember talking to Sharice. I, I was going to write down the fourth way the Spirit speaks to you is through your wife. Sharice <laughs> and I, we had conversations, and she, she knew. She, she, had sent, she was sensing that it wasn't uh, the Lord's will for us. And for me, it was like it was a good fit for where I was in ministry, and it would have helped develop my spiritual gifts at that time. And I was, my strengths were a good fit for what that church needed. And uh, it was a rainy night one night, and I, I needed to quiet my spirit so I could hear the voice of God. I remember just driving around, listening to worship music, and after an hour or two of driving, I ended up right in this parking lot here. And as I was sitting there, I just, just shut the radio down, it's pouring down rain, I'm just staring at the church, and as clear as day, not audibly, but in my spirit, as clear as day, the Lord said, the Holy Spirit said to me, this is your home. He said, you, you are to stay here and support Pastor Stephen for as long as he would serve here. And at, that, at that moment, I knew this was no second guessing. This was no, well, I don't know, just pray about that a little bit more, Lord. I knew for as long as Pastor Stephen was to serve here, I was to serve to be a support to him, not looking at what it, where's my career going? Where's my ministry going? How can I build this or that? I knew the Lord said, this is my home. And at that moment, all cards are off the table. I'm not looking for other churches. I'm not considering what to do next. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. The actual voice of the Spirit speaks, and obedience is absolutely necessary. 
Even in John 16, 13, at the end of that one verse where it says, he will tell you the things to come. These aren't just, it's not just what's coming at the end of time. It's not just, it's not just like, you know, the, the final battle. No, the Holy Spirit's telling you what is yet to come. So instead of just trying to think again of those things, be led by the Spirit. And as he's guiding you into all truth, he will guide you into what is yet to come in your life, knowing that it is absolutely the will of God. As I was watching fireworks uh, over the 4th of July, there, there were several going on even in our community. Uh, Lord just reminded me, like we need to stop waiting for the fireworks and start following the spark. The spark is what actually uh, gets blown by oxygen into a mature burning fire that lasts. Fireworks, they're big and they're beautiful and they fade fast. If you just wait for the big, booming, actual voice of the Spirit, you'll actually get hooked on that and need that for every decision of life. That's not how he wants to speak to you. He will speak to you in moments of time, of big directional changes. Really, think about it. If you're a parent, the only time you actually have to raise your voice is if you're grabbing your child out of danger or if they're disobeying you. So if you're like, no, I need the booming voice of God, then you're either really close to being in danger or you're not listening. So I, like, I love fireworks. And I, listen, if God wanted to speak to me in really big, bold ways every single day, I would take it. I really would. This is not what we see in Scripture. It's not what we see in our life. So I believe he wants to speak to us through the inward voice of the Spirit the majority of the time. And some of those times you'll hear your, your own voice kind of answering your questions. Confirm that with the Lord, that that is the Spirit speaking to your conscience. And then let the Lord, as he wills, to come in that big, booming way to guide you and lead you. But he wants us to be people who are led. I'm gonna close by this. The difference between hearing the voice of God and, or the voice of the Spirit and actually being led by the voice of the Spirit is one thing, and it's obedience. Obedience is the only difference between hearing his voice and being led by his voice. So we could say, yeah, I, I hear the Spirit every day, and I'm, you know, I, I hear and I understand how to do that and get quiet. If you're not obeying him, then you're not going to develop into a lifestyle of actually being led by him. You'll be hearing and you'll be writing things down in your journal and you'll be listening, you'll be reading, all those things. But your relationship with the Holy Spirit, with the Father and with the Son are not going to be vibrant. You won't connect with him as much as if once you just are obeying. You see it throughout scripture, whether it was the inward voice or whether it seemed good to the Holy Spirit or them or whether the Holy Spirit said, every single time you see the Holy Spirit speaking in any of those ways, they obeyed immediately. And if they didn't, then God had to have some conversations with them. We see that through Moses and through other situations. So immediate obedience is going to help develop us into that lifestyle of being led by the Spirit. Why don't we stand? You know, one of the primary reasons that we are hosting 707 Pursuit is not just to go after God for fire and power, but it's to be able to, to, to etch out time in our day to clear our spirit, to clear our mind, and just let him speak, right? So we're going, we're going, we're going into tonight, uh, and you should go into your times with the Lord with, with, with that same thing. Well, I don't have something in mind of what's supposed to happen or what's going to happen. I'm gonna seek your face, 
gonna read your word. I'm gonna spend time worshiping. I'm gonna sit quietly too and just let your spirit speak. So knowing that not all of you are going to attend tonight or throughout these weeks, we're actually just gonna do it. We're gonna stand quietly before the Lord just for a few minutes. We're just gonna, you ask him yourself privately to just give you ears to hear, spiritual ears to hear what he's saying. And he might not say anything just right now, but they will activate those ears to hear in your life even right now for the remainder of your life. I feel like uh, just in this just short period of time, some of you are get bored or very easily distracted or like think, what's next? What's next? I feel like the Lord, maybe he's just telling me this in my own life, but maybe it's for you too. I feel like he's just saying that we're not giving him time to land the plane. Like that when, when your prayer time starts in your own private life, uh, 
we just go at it right now. We're just asking him, you know, I need this and this and this and this, or speak to me right now. And before you can actually get off the plane and explore the new land, you the plane has to land first. So that plane landing on the runway is you just relaxing your spirit, relaxing your mind, like letting the junk go from the day. Does that, does that make sense? I think that's so huge right now that if we... If we're like just stepping in, okay, what's God gonna do? And you still have all this, all these other voices speaking to you from the last six hours of the day or the last 12 days or whatever, then the plane hasn't landed. Like let him land the plane and get on the runway and stop. And when you feel like you're at peace, then begin to interact with the Lord. So Father, I just pray right now that you would allow us, you'd bring us into a season of resting in your presence. Father, knowing in, in the next few weeks, God, that we are going to uh, pursue you, Father, uh, for the pouring out of your spirit. And Jesus, we trust that you are going to baptize every person that has not ever experienced that baptism of your spirit. But Father, we desperately wanna be people that can calm ourselves before you and just rest in you. So Father, I pray that you would teach us that even tonight at Pursuit into this next week, I pray that you'd teach us how to just sit before you, let you land the plane, let you come to a place of rest in our soul. And Father, that we would develop ears to hear out of that place of rest. Father, I pray that you would activate in our spirit ears to hear what you're saying to us. I pray that we'd be more sensitive than ever and more uh, conscious of what you are doing in our spirit than ever before. And Father, most importantly, I pray that as uh, we're doing uh, hearing and as we're listening and as we begin, Father, to respond to the voice of the Spirit in our lives, we pray for radical obedience. I pray that in my life and in the life of this church, that we would be people of radical obedience to what your Holy Spirit is leading us to do. Father, we trust that you are going to continue to give us the vibrant, fulfilled life, the exciting life that it is to follow Jesus as we are people being led by your spirit. We pray that you do that in us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.